2: We are live. One, two, three, four.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to West Bud Pod, Podcast about your completely unproblematic West Virginia University Athletic Department. The Big 12 and new challengers approaching. I'm Joel Bracken at WB stats guy on Twitter joined as always by Jordan pinto he's at game day shorts Jordan uh, how are things going hope you're having a good summer how is uh how is morale
2: right now <laughs> morale is uh, high within the household personally um, we have a basketball coach I guess that's something that you can say um, you know I think there were probably various points uh, over the last week or so when I've thought about how this is probably the, the lowest point for West uh, West Virginia athletics in my lifetime. Um, but we have a coach now, Chris, uh, Kirk, Chris says he's coming back. Uh, Jay Coons is working hard on the other two. So, you know, maybe the sky isn't falling all the way, but I don't know, man, how, how, how have you been? Had a little, uh, little hiatus here.
1: Yeah. A little, little time away. Um, yeah. haven't been watching, obviously like, not a lot of college sports. There's college baseball going on, which the world series has been interesting, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Not too much. Uh, too much following this stuff kind of kind of wears you down. So I, I just acknowledge that you know, in the dark ages of WU athletics right now, we are still potting through this. So uh, you know, I, I kind of agree. I do think this might be the the low point in my fanhood as well, just in terms of like optimism going forward. There's not a ton to really point towards and be like, oh, we're building this. We're moving in this direction. You know, I think basketball is what it is right now, and football we know the situation it's got to be wins this year or things are going to change. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're definitely getting our, our money's worth out of Ren Baker. He's having to make a lot of big decisions in his first, what, six months on the job. So, uh, he's kind of been thrust into this, into this, uh, pretty quickly and, and making some big shots. So
2: I, uh, so I've been watching a lot of Spider-Man with my daughter over the last uh, couple weeks now that the, across the Spider-Verse came out and, um, I think Peter has a line at one point is like, the best way to learn is when, uh, you know, life threatening is under life threatening pressure. So like Ren Baker's is just like thrown all the way into the deep end here. Um, you know, you have to replace your Hall of Fame basketball coach. Uh, you know, you, you have the football hire looming. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's been a little bit more exciting than he probably bargained for. But uh, hey, you know, you know, put your big boy pants on and make some decisions here. I'm glad it's him and not me, I guess is what I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are tough calls to make, and yeah, you mentioned it—the football, you know, higher potentially could be looming. You know, obviously, um, I think you can always get your optimism up by the uh, the end of the summer, beginning of fall, and uh, maybe we're going to get you in that direction. Maybe we won't. I don't know, but maybe you'll learn something a little, at least a little bit about our um, opponents coming up. So, um, sort of as our first kickoff episode, I guess of this, I guess you would kind of call season two of West by Pod. So today we're going to be just talking Big Twelve um kind of as a whole so we're talking the the tiers kind of within the the conference and then looking at some of the over-unders uh that vegas has put out and just sort of see where everyone's falling i think the schedule for you know as the summer progresses is going to be more focused on west virginia's opponents specifically so now with the the big 12 14 teams this year wvu will not play all of them so uh looking like we'll do our deep dive episodes kind of like last summer Um, digging in probably two teams, an episode, and we'll run through the the 12 game stretch that that West Virginia will play, uh, 11 power five teams. So it is a, a beefy schedule. Once again, you know, one of the only teams in the country doing that. So, um, yeah, no sweat, Neil Brown, but like you said, you know, backs against the wall,
2: it's time to, time to figure things out. Absolutely. Yeah. Now he's, uh, he's, he's kind of started, Yeah, you know, I feel like recruiting's going well. Neil's kind of come out of his cave a little bit with regards to the media. I feel like he went into hiding for uh, as much as he could have over the spring. Um, but definitely he's not uh, shy about mentioning how uh, hard our schedule is. So, um, and you know, how we're one of the only teams that plays the 11 P fives. He's, he, he brings that up constantly. Uh, so, yeah let's uh so what do we uh we want to get into the uh, the vegas tiers here um and then run through the over-unders yeah that sounds good um
1: yeah so i, I you know i kind of sorted these teams into to four tiers just based on what vegas is saying um the odds are to win the conference so this you know will not have like out of conference things uh baked in when we talk about win totals obviously that does have out of conference games baked in and and just kind of like we were talking about, the out-of-conference schedule can vary from team to team. West Virginia, once again, is playing the hardest or you know, top three hardest in the conference out-of-schedule or out-of-conference schedule. Um, but yeah, so, so just kind of getting this kicked off here. So the first tier is just the under 500, under plus 500 odds to win the conference. And you know, I think Vegas did a decent job of sort of drawing the lines and, and really separating the conference into four tiers. The first tier being Texas, Oklahoma, and K-State. Um, so these are the the teams that that Vegas thinks are going to be favored. Texas is plus 125 to win the conference. So, um, you know, nearing like a 50 percent shot there to, to win. We have Oklahoma at plus 340, which I think is an interesting number. Kind of kind of, you know, wild to see them up there firmly in second place. And then K-State plus 470.
2: Do um, You have any initial reactions on that, that sort of top class in the Big 12? Uh no I think I think it you know it definitely makes sense to have uh Texas at the top um the Oklahoma one is is you know the the odds to win the conference I don't know I you know I don't know if I like them as much at 3:40 as I do Kansas State at, at uh at 4:70 but I mean you know just in terms of who has the inside track. I think it makes sense. Those are probably the, you know, the three likeliest teams, two of those three to, to end up, uh, in the big 12 championship game. So no, not too much of a, a bone to pick with, uh, with that initial tier.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely think Texas and K state would probably be the top two for me. And then yeah, Oklahoma is definitely, you know, you're getting the, the name recognition and the, the sort of history behind it, bumping you into that plus three forty odds. Um, so then, our second tier. So this is already like a pretty significant jump. So now we're looking at plus one thousand to plus two thousand odds to win the conference. We got Texas Tech uh, coming in at plus eleven 1, hundred, Baylor coming in at plus fifteen hundred, TCU, your national champion runner up, they're coming in at plus nineteen hundred. So this is kind of the established second class in uh,
2: in the conference. What are you feeling about that, Jordan? Um. You know, I think it makes sense to have these three grouped together. I, The, the Baylor and the TCU, it feels like, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into them with the deep dives later this year, but it um, feels like a lot of benefit of the doubt being given to those teams. Um, you know, I think TCU had a magical season last year. Um, it feels like they're kind of riding the coattails of, of that, uh, maybe more than they should be, just considering how much talent that they lost. Um, and then Baylor uh, – I don't know. I think, I, I mean, Texas Tech is my favorite of those. So it makes sense to me that they have the the best of the group there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I do feel like, so, so just for like some reference, so like what do these odds always mean? You know, we can calculate back out the implied probability that Vegas is sort of offering. So for TCU, plus 1900 means their implied probability is 5% to win the conference. When you look at it in that way, you're like, wow, that kind of feels low. Um, but you know, obviously, and we'll talk about it briefly here in a little bit, but you know, TCU was losing, they lost everybody. They lost the entire, you know, offense that, that made the thing go get you to the national championship. So, you know, I think, I think the classes are right and we'll, we'll pick our, our bones with the sort of tiering in a little bit. But, um, once again, I think this is the, is the right grouping of teams to have in the, the second tier. Um, so that moves us now to the third tier, the plus thirty five hundred to plus five thousand tier. We have UCF newcomer with the best odds of the newcomers, plus thirty five hundred. Iowa State plus four thousand. Kansas plus forty eight hundred, and Oklahoma State plus five thousand. Um, I'll just start here. the The immediate surprise to me was Kansas. I feel like maybe, you know what you extract from last season where they started off 5-0 and or 6-0 and um, and and sort of limped to the finish line without Jalen Daniels. But you look at their returning production, they're like the top team in the country, the top team in the conference as well um, with what they're bringing back. You know, to see them plus 4,800 to win the conference. I mean, I don't know if they're going to win the conference, but um, I definitely uh, noticed their win total, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, I think if you were going to like if you were just, you know, saying I'm going to take one team from each of these tiers um, and bet them to win the conference, I think of UCF, Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Kansas. Kansas is the one that I would uh, take a shot on just for the reasons you mentioned. You know, you have you have a ton of returning production. You have Jalen Daniels coming back, who, uh, you know, one of, if not the the best quarterbacks uh, in the conference. Um, also makes sense to me to have UCS up there, UCF up there for the same reason you have the coaching stability. You know, if, if a team is, is largely the success is driven largely by who the coaches and, and quarterbacks stability, having Riss Plumley, um, and, uh, and Jalen Daniels, um, you know, I think both of those teams, honestly, I would probably rather bet either of those teams than Texas Tech Baylor or TCU. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know the one that uh, you know again another coaching benefit of the doubt to me is is Oklahoma State and you know I feel it feels weird to um, to be as down on them as I am but they were such a mess towards the end of last season and then there's so much uncertainty with them this year you know I feel like having them in this group and not even in that in that bottom uh, foursome with us. Just feels like you're giving Gundy just you know a ton of credit to 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 sort of figure things out. So I don't know. It'll Be interesting to see how they bounce back this year after the way they finished uh, finished last year. Yeah, that, that
1: is one of the more interesting teams to me as well, Oklahoma State. Um, so so moving to our last tier, this is the the plus seven thousand and and longer odds than that. So we have West Virginia at plus plus seven thousand, followed by three of the four newcomers. Cincinnati's at seven thousand. BYU's at ten. Houston at plus plus twelve thousand, Um, and then just for reference, a plus seven thousand odds means they are giving West Virginia 1.41% chance to win the conference. Um, and I, you know, I feel like when you look at all these offseason lists of coaching, of you know, power rankings, all this stuff, I haven't really noticed the theme of like the the new teams kind of have gotten lumped together with West Virginia somewhere near the bottom in a lot of categories, like I said, coaching, just general rankings. Um do you feel like that's a fair assessment that, you know, all these teams come in at the floor, but that's
2: also kind of where we're, we're laying right now as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue too much based on the, you know, the last, uh, the last couple of years, really the, you know, most of the Neil Brown era, um, there hasn't been a ton to be excited about. Right. So, um, you know, I think it makes sense. I guess for for us to be down there, hopefully that just means we're good value to hit that over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we we got a lower win total than we deserve. I don't know. I certainly, I think we have better rosters than than the other three teams that we're grouped with here at the bottom. I think we clearly have the best roster of the of the four. But you know, we got to go out and prove it at some point, right? You know, it, it can't just be something that us uh, us homers think and say and talk about. Um, it has to be something that shows up on the field. So you know, yeah. hard to argue too much. What do you think? yeah I I agree I mean it's it
1: you know the only thing I guess is Kansas is other than last year it's like there's been you know 12 plus years of nothing so given the one year that they kind of get this bump versus you know some of these other programs is surprising to me but yeah I mean this is is, this is a prove-it year for West Virginia obviously all these new teams I think it's interesting they all kind of are coming in maybe not at the peak of where they have been they're all kind of like they, they've clearly like made it into the conference, but it's almost like they're staggering into the conference. They're not like, it's not like a, you know, a team that's coming in and won 12 games last year. And they're like, Hey, we're ready to compete. It's they're like going to be, I think all of them are going to be fighting for their footing and, you know, we're going to be in the middle to bottom part of the conference. So I think that's interesting. Just, just with that, uh, that arrival of all these teams, obviously have had success in the last few years, but um, nobody's coming in like on maybe their, their lead foot. If I had to give you a value bet of, of what we've seen here, if we're just picking straight to win the conference, and I might I might caveat as I don't have the odds here, but if if you could find odds for to make the the, the conference championship, um, my value bet here might be Texas Tech plus eleven hundred. Get a, eleven times on your money. So you bet hundred dollars, you win eleven hundred. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, Texas, those odds are short. Oklahoma, I don't like it. Kansas State at 470. Also, I'm intrigued. You know, that's, that's one maybe. But K-State or Texas Tech
2: might be um, where I would
1: throw a value bet in there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to if you're trying to pop for for more than uh, basically even money on Texas, I mean, Texas is obviously the safest bet. They have the lowest odds, but yeah, I I, I think I agree. Um, you know, K State brings back a ton. They obviously lose lose Deuce Vaughn. Um, they lose the flashy piece, but um, did some nice work in the portal. I think in their running back room, bring a ton back offense on the offensive line. Um, yeah, Texas Tech, man, they're one. You, you know. I kind of, I mean, we'll talk about it, I think, in the over-unders, but they you know, they're, they they were a competitive team last year. You could tell that, that they nailed the hire of Joey Maguire. The team was bought in. Um, and year two is generally when you would see, uh, you know, maybe a little tiny leap. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, plus 1100 to, to win it. i I would guess that, you know, if, if you could get odds to, uh, just to make the game, it'd be probably somewhere in the plus five, 500, 600 range, something like that, which I think would be a very, a very attractive bet. So, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, those would be the
1: ones to keep eyes on. I think Oklahoma is way overpriced here. Plus 340. I don't like that. Um, and I think that's a probably a good segue. So now working our way into looking at the win totals of these teams. Once again, this now does incorporate the out of conference. Um, so I think I think the plan here is we're going to kind of just spend a couple minutes on each. Talk about the win total. With whatever factors you know kind of bake into that returning production quarterbacks coaches out of conference schedule all of that and then we're going to make our call over under um we uh we shared our notes right before and and independently we agreed on what was it like 13 out of the 14 so um kind of just funny that we both had similar agreements i think last year we were 8 out of 10 and I was up on Kansas, and I think you were – were you uh, down on Baylor? Down or on up? Baylor, yep. Yeah, and I think we we kind of split that one. So, starting from the top, there's one team in the conference that has a win total of 9.5, which is the highest. That team is Texas Longhorns, and they are going to be the favorites in the conference. This is a surprising number to me just because – They have a, you know, they have one out of conference schedule, out of conference game that is going to be really tough. And that's at Alabama. They also play Rice and Wyoming at home. So nothing crazy there. Thinking Quinn Ewers is going to be the quarterback. Sarkeesian returning for another year. um, But Texas is getting a lot back, especially looking at their offense. Um, They're number three in the country in returning production for an already pretty potent offense last year. Um, Nine and a half wins means if you if you say they lose to Bama, that means they would go eight and one in conference, and they would they would break the eight the the nine and a half total. Um, so I have them as an over. Jordan, do you have anything to to
2: comment on the the Longhorns? Yeah, I was just surprised to see him sitting at third in the offensive returning production, considering they lose uh, Bijan uh, Robinson and Roshon Johnson. Right? Obviously, you know, on, on uh, paper and in my head, and having watched those guys. Um, it seems like that was the much bigger chunk of their production than that, but yeah, I mean, they bring back, uh, like you said, they bring back Ewers. I think they bring back their entire offensive line, um, including a couple of uh, true freshmen who were both awesome last year. Probably figured to be even better this year. You know, could be the kind of offensive line where it doesn't even really matter that much who who the running back is. Um, obviously loaded at wide receiver, um, loaded at all the skill positions offensively. Um, for me, you know, I think they're they're one question mark is uh, they. Turned over a little bit in the middle of their defense, um, and so you know if those guys can hit the ground running, obviously Texas recruits at a at a higher level than any other team in the conference. So if they can hit the ground running, and Quinn Ewers kind of pops the way that people think that he's going to, I think I think over makes sense. Yep, eight and a half or
1: eight and five last year. So you know you're looking at like a two win jump, but five look losses at by
2: one score last year as well. I think they lost five uh, five games by like a combined twenty points or something like that. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they took Bama to the line and probably should have won that game. So For you sure. get a little revenge game. Obviously, this one's now in Bama, but, I, you know, I don't know if that's a coin flip game, but Texas is totally has a chance in that game. And if they get past Bama with a win, like you must be feel, feeling really good about that number nine yeah. and a half. So it's a high number. It is the only nine and a half in the conference. Uh, But we're both actually
2: going to go over on the Longhorns worth uh, worth mentioning as well. uh, You're getting plus 152 if you hit if you bet the over nine and a half as well with or sorry. No, you're getting minus 124. So uh, Vegas thinks that uh, like Vegas thinks they're going over, you know, Mm -hmm. so the money thinks they're going over. So gotcha. Good call there. Um, So.
1: Our next team, so like I said, Texas, the only nine and a half. There's only one team in the conference with an eight and a half win total. So really got a lot of clustered in the same, you know, two to three win range. But at eight and a half wins, we have Oklahoma. Um, Last year, Oklahoma six and seven. It was their first year under eight wins in this this century. Um, So it's been a long time. and, And I haven't even looked at how long it's been since they've gone back to back years at that level. Um, are thinking Dylan Gabriel is going to be the quarterback this year. And I think a pretty, pretty cushy out of conference schedule. So this, I think definitely contributes to the eight and a half number. Um, we got Arkansas state SMU and at Tulsa. Don't know why they're traveling to Tulsa. Kind of interesting there, but, um, yeah, you know, this team last year was, was probably the most underwhelming Oklahoma team I've seen in my entire life. Um, they didn't have the potency that we were used to. And, you know, three and six in conference, that's uh, pretty daunting. Uh, In case you forgot, West Virginia was three and six in conference last year. Like, that's kind of hard to compare the two. Um, So this year, uh, they're kind of in the middle of the road in returning production. Um, You know, obviously now second year under Venables. Um, I'm going to lean to under for for the Sooners.
2: Yeah, I think I'm with you. You know, Last year, big time year zero vibes. Um, I thought they were kind of a mess, but at the same you know, they bring back the quarterback, um, lose a lot of stuff, a uh, lot of lot of skill position talent, a lot of stuff on the offensive line. Um, I don't know. You know, I think maybe year two under Jeff Lebby as well. Uh, maybe the offense takes a little jump because I know Dylan Gabriel, like when he was coming in, everybody kind of hyped that, you know, he he had succeeded in this offense previously. Yeah. Um, I think they would be better, but I don't know if I bet. I bet over eight and a half. Eight and a half feels high to me. Yeah, feels high, and uh, still
1: have some memories of the the defense that Oklahoma fielded last year, just being lost, and the forty nine to nothing drubbing that Texas gave them. Um, You know, I I think Oklahoma is going to probably be improved, but I think the middle class, middle to upper middle class of the Big Twelve is pretty strong this year. And eight and a half wins, I am just not seeing it for the Sooners. Agreed. All right. So now into our next sort of step down here, we got four teams at seven and a half wins. The first of which we'll talk about are the Baylor bears last year, six and seven. um, And, you know, not the, not the trending in the correct direction that, that you would want with uh, Dave Aranda. I think, you know, some of the, there's been some interesting stuff in the big 12 recently, I think, especially with Aranda and with Matt Campbell, where, there was like this trend and everyone's like, these guys are awesome coaches. And then the trend is kind of reversed in recent years. And now it's like, hey, what kind of coach is this guy? Did he, you know, did he have this like one off? And hey, now we're actually trending in the wrong direction. Um, you know, the, the Baylor night game in Morgantown last year was was memorable to me. So um, that was, you know, probably the last imprint I had of that team. And it seemed like a, you know, an undisciplined, out out-of-charac- of character, out of character team for what you think of Dave Aranda. Seven and a half wins this year is the is the line. They have Texas State. They have Utah. Very difficult out of conference game, uh, and then a, a bunny versus LIU. So seven and a half wins. I have Baylor trending downwards, and I have them on the underline.
2: Yeah, I I, I think that I kind of feel the same way. Maybe a slight under. Maybe a six and six or a seven and five. Um, but yeah, man, lost, lost four, four games in a row to end the season last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get the vibes picked back up. Um, you know, I think when you look at the kind of team that Baylor's been, it's been a very like offensive line kind of hang your hat on the offensive line thing. I know they bring Richard Reese back, who's probably going to be one of the premier running backs in the conference, but you lose a ton up front. Four out of the five starters are gone. So, you know, for me, I think it's the, the question is, can the defense be good enough to carry the offense until the offensive line gels? So mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know. Like you said, Utah, Utah, not the funnest test out of the box there for them early in the season. No, that, yeah, that's a, that's a really rough test, but that, you'll learn a lot about a team when we when have a tough yes. out of conference. Baylor at least has a test out of conference. You might be feeling a lot better, yeah. If they come out of Utah with a win, you'll be feeling decent. If you if you bet that over seven and a half, yep.
1: Um, so next team, seven and a half win total, Kansas State, and this is a number I really like um, for Kansas State. So last year, Kansas State ten and four, they beat TCU in the Big Twelve championship game, um, and you know I think the the stock for Chris uh, Kleiman is pretty high. Um, just looking around online, some of these like, you know, coaching power rankings have him as number one in the conference or, you know, in the top three in a lot of them. So, um, you know, I think they finished the season strong, especially like I said, beating TCU who ends up in the national title game. I mean, they, they put the work in on Michigan. So, you know, this team was right there at the end of the year as one of the highest performing teams in the country. I think there's a, there's an argument to be made there. Um, seven and a half, the, the out of conferences, I think it's southeastern Missouri, Troy, and then the at Missouri is the one that you know you got to keep an eye on. But just seven and a half for a team that won the title last year, decent returning production at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with K State on the the over seven and a half.
2: Yeah, no, I, again, I, you know, I think I'm with you. Um, obviously, the the big loss is gonna be. De, uh, De, I was gonna say Deuce McBride, but Deuce Vaughn. Um, but, uh, you know, I, they, uh, they, they went out and got a guy in the portal, um, uh, man, I'm blanking on his name, running back from Florida State, though, um, who had two solid seasons um, at Florida State and was just kind of a secondary back, probably um, got promised a lot of touches here in Deuce Vaughn's absence. So, you know, I don't know if he can step in and be quite the player that Deuce Vaughn was, but they definitely, you know, I think a good pull there. Um, obviously you have Will Howard, uh, another situation like Texas as well, where all five starters from a very good offensive line, were back. So, um, defense had some turnover, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see Kansas state's generally been, uh, pretty good at, at plugging and playing on defense and just kind of, you know, keeping the machine rolling. Um, and yeah, you know, like you said, yeah, I think they can sweep throughout a conference and then that just means that they need to win five, uh, five in conference, um, to, to hit the over. So I think over is good. I I like that over number. Mm Mm-hmm yeah Kansas State you know the
1: and I'm excited to do our deep dives but you know this is a team that the more and more I think about it and learn about them I'm like hey this team might be really good if not a sleeper you know um contender in this conference this year which you know sleeper they won the thing last year at least in the the championship
2: game so um they're they're plus 1600 to make the CFP wow on FanDuel so you know they're uh, yeah I want to say it's one of the 15 15 best numbers probably yeah yeah so, so segue now to TCU, the team
1: that they faced in the conference championship game and TCU lost TCU last year. I mean, the magical season, if the Mountaineers ever did it, it would be, you know, the, the season of the, of all the dreams, 9-0 in conference, obviously losing the cha- the conference championship game, a slight blemish, but they still get in the, the CFP and take it all the way to the championship game where, you know, the, the clock struck midnight, midnight on them on, on that night, but 13 and 2 a season, just an awesome year. First year for Sunny Dykes. Um, just all the magic was rolling. This year, they have to play Colorado, not a gimme. I mean, that's not a anymore. that's a that's yeah, not anymore. Exactly. That's a team like you'd rather just not have to deal with that. Colorado, who knows what they're gonna be that's coming season, out of. The yeah, box.
2: so they're gonna be the first game of the of the Deion Sanders era in Colorado. And, and you know that,
1: you know, this is Colorado's Super Bowl in a way, because they haven't had, you know, the hype and the excitement in a while. They're going to be ready to play. So Colorado start the season, nickel state, and then SMU always a tricky Sneaky local game. game. Yep. Yeah. Returning production on offense, 128th. So one of the bottom three or four teams in the whole country, obviously last year, you know, the offense was electric, but you got nothing coming back. Like the entire um, production is gone. Um, Seven and a half wins feels high. I mean, TCU, it's it's really, it's like, I feel like this is the Sonny Dykes number. It is. Do you feel like he's going to keep this thing rolling or do you feel like it was lightning in a bottle? I think seven and a half in a, in a, there's going to be too many close games, too many tough teams in the middle of the conference. Um, I, I'm, and, you know, kind of a tough out of conference. So I'm, I'm going to fade TCU on seven and a half.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you know, in my opinion, this, that was probably a nine win team last year, you know, a good team. Right. And obviously credit for them, uh, to them for, for pulling, uh, you know, a handful of games out of their asses. Well, how many, how many two touchdowns, second half comebacks that they have, you know, where that's just not something that, that happens consistently. Um, let alone the game that, you know, I thought that we gave them everything we wanted or everything that they wanted. Um, yeah, no, seven and a half feels. I mean, you're, you you lose everything offensively, and that's what made them special last year. The defense was fine, but but what made them special was that they could go eighty yards in the blink of an eye. And I, you know, without that this year, I mean, you know, how are they any different than any of the other teams in the middle of the conference? Hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is. I, I think if you were looking at, I mean, there's a lot of unpredictable things in this conference this year. But TCU refresh after going to a national championship out of nowhere in a way that you know it's very intriguing and i i I don't have the confidence i would say to put like actual money down on that i'm gonna say under in our picks but uh i would just stay away because you know who the hell knows what what they're gonna be coming out of maybe sunny
2: dykes has that magic dust yeah no don't don't touch it but i yeah i don't i don't like i i think under
1: yeah so our last team was seven and a half wins from vegas is texas tech eight and five last year five and four in conference um you know, Joey McGuire, I think everybody likes this guy. First year in 2022, last year, um, they had their best record in 13 years. I mean, you know, they, they really turned things around and they mostly did it on the offensive side of the ball, but they, you know, they, they kind of had a decent balance, especially for Texas Tech, the identity you usually think of Texas Tech. Um, they're returning a decent bit on offense. I think the quarterback situation is the one thing um, if it's going to be uh, Baron Morton or Tyler Schuff, not sure there. Out of conference, you got Wyoming. Um, tough one at Oregon. That's uh, probably a, a pencil down of a loss. And then you get Tarleton State for a free win. Seven and a half is a really good number, I think, here. Because I think you go two and one out of conference with Oregon. Um, probably hand in a loss. But I kind of I kind of like the vibes coming out of Lubbock. Um, and I really thought about this one for a while and I'm going to lean up on Texas tech and I will take them over seven and a half.
2: Yeah. I think in my picks, I just put, eh, you know, cause like, yeah, cause like you said, it's, it's a really good number. Um, yeah, I mean, coaching and quarterback situations are, are, are very solid. Seemingly, you know, you have Tyler Shuck. If he gets hurt, Baron Morton played, played and played well last year, uh, multiple starts took about 300 snaps and played well. Um, so you have to feel good about that. Um, they they lose to Roderick Thompson, who they, you know uh, was going on his second decade at the school, I think. Uh, so it makes sense that he's not there anymore. But uh, Taj Boyd was their highest graded player on offense, so you know should be just fine. Um, they lose Tyree Wilson. That's that's uh, I'd say the biggest loss. Uh, defensive end went in the top ten in the NFL draft. Can they can they generate the same pressure that they did last year? But overall, I mean, yeah, like you said, two and one out of conference, and then you go six and three in the conference. Um, I could probably. I could probably talk myself into that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely not a game that I would pencil us in winning. Um, I think I like them better than TCU, Oklahoma state. I probably like them better than Oklahoma. Um, Yeah. Over, over, over seven and a half feels right. Yep. All right. So now we are down
1: to the six and a half. So there are two teams on the six and a half line from Vegas. The first of which is Oklahoma state. Um, I think this is an interesting inflection point for Oklahoma State, you know, with Gundy, the sustained success. They were like, they were like class one B in the conference for so long. Like they were always right there at the top. Um, and then kind of a misstep last year, seven and six, four and five in conference. Um, Spencer Sanders is gone for the first time in my life. He will not be the quarterback at Oklahoma State, um, so, you know, this year, I think kind of a cushy out of conference, you get Central Arizona or uh, Central Arkansas, um, South Alabama, and then a tricky game at Arizona State. Um, but I, but I kind of feel like Oklahoma State should be the favorite in that one. Um, the number six and a half. And, you know, I think the, the big thing this year is like, can Oklahoma State figure out how to move the ball on offense? So they were the worst team in the conference on offense last year um which is surprising that we weren't that team um so really figuring that out you're gonna have a new quarterback i've seen list with like four different quarterbacks potentially for oklahoma state um two of which i've written down are alan bowman or gunner gundy uh, but i've seen lists with others included of who's going to start so i think just a lot of question marks um obviously if you bet the over it's on gundy if you bet the under it's on what the hell did they put out there last year and it probably isn't getting better returning production is pretty low I'm going to lean under for for the pokes.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I can't – I don't think this is better than a 500 team. Um, you know, Alan Bowman, uh, he's another two-decade guy. You know, nothing nothing moving the needle there for me. Jaden Nixon's good. Um, but, you know, the thing that they've really hung their hat on and that's kind of saved them, like you said, considering how, how kind of bad they've been offensively, surprisingly, the last couple of years, is just that that defense, eight faces, right? And I think we saw – you know, a, a little bit of the turnover start last year when they lost a couple of linebackers. And then this year they're replacing, you know, three of the three of the guys up front who have really kind of, you know, anchored that defense. So I don't know. They they got a lot of shit to figure out. man. They, they were a mess towards the end of that. What did they lose six out of the last seven games of the season? Um, and we were calling lost... them the
1: zombie zombie Oklahoma State like they were fielding a team, but it it hardly yeah. looked like they had a
2: chance the last month of the season. Yep. Yeah. So they got a lot of shit to figure out. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel six and a half feels just, it's a Gundy number, you know? Yep. So we'll see. I like under though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other team with six and a half
1: wins in Vegas, this is the highest um, win total for any of the newcomers. We got central Florida, UCF um, last year, nine and five, six and two in conference. Obviously this is the first year joining the big 12. Um, and this is a tough one. And i honestly might change my number on this i feel like i must be missing something on ucf because they're they're much higher than any of the other newcomers on odds to win the conference obviously the higher win total they have a really cushy out of conference kent state villanova at boise state um that's one of those ones it's like hey you step into a p5 you really hope you could beat the g5 power which maybe aren't even really powers anymore um This is a good team on offense last year. They're losing a good chunk. They're on the lower half of the the distribution of returning production for offense. Um, Six and a half is a really good number, I think, for them. I think they're going to be fine out of conference. So then you're saying, can they pick up four more in conference? And I think that's tough. I think they're going to be firmly in the middle to middle lower part of the conference. I have written down under. This is another one I I
2: would probably uh,
1: stay away from. (laughs)
2: Yeah, i'd stay away from it and uh, you know i think i think this is gonna be uh their their game against us could be the swing game for for both of our team's seasons just in terms of like if we're looking purely at the win the win the over under total like mm-hmm. five and a half for us six and a half for them you know if we win that game i don't see how they get to how they get over six and a half um and you know if, if we lose that game I don't we probably aren't getting over five and a half so um i think under because i do think we're gonna be because i think we're gonna beat them Um, I get the number, John Riss Plumley, exciting quarterback. Um, and like you said, you know, three very, very winnable games at a conference. So good number, but I think under. Yep.
1: Okay. So we have moved down to the five and a half. So there are four teams in conference at five and a half. Vegas says these teams are going to have a losing season. I mean, that's what they're telling us. Um, and there are six teams in the conference. They say are going to have a losing season. Four of them at 5.5 wins. The first one's Iowa state. Last year, four and eight, one and eight in conference. Um, You know, out of conference this year, you got you and I, you have Iowa, which is always a rock fight coin flip game. I mean, that's a 50-50. And then you got at Ohio University. Um, So, you know, at worst, you're coming out two and one, maybe three and oh in conference. Um, So, you know, you might be over halfway there by uh, conference play starting, Um, you know, I I think I'm a hundred Deckers believer. Like, I think I think I'm on the train. The the guy has a lot of raw talent, um, and I'm excited to see really with with an offseason to develop and some continuity, or really returning a lot of the guys on offense that they had last year. 28th in offensive returning production. Um, I think five and a half is gettable. I think, like I said, I think you can come out three and zero in conference or out of conference play, and you can find three more three and six in conference. I think it's totally possible for Iowa State. Um, interested about the Matt Campbell situation there. Once again, like an inflection point for a coach. Um, the trend has, you know, like if you are thinking about a curve, they have definitely like rolled off the back, and it is in a downward moving um, direction. So, got to be a year to write the ship, I think. Um, and hey, I am gonna, I am gonna go with it. I am gonna go over five and a half for the Cyclones.
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, even if they even if they lose to Iowa two and one at a conference, I could see them grinding their way to four wins um, in the conference. You know, they were in a lot of very, very close games last year. Um, And I think I'm a a believer as well. I think we talked about it in our deep dive in in our game preview last year that, um, you know, a lot of the guys that they had playing were part of that 2019 recruiting class. One of their most highly rated in school history, Deckers, um, Jarrell Brock, the running back. And maybe it was just a year too early for those guys. You know, I think they were three-year program guys. But I could see Matt Campbell um, and Hunter Deckers grinding their way to, uh, to six wins. Um, you know, maybe not – the ceiling might not be much higher than that. Um, but just with the way that they generally play defense there, if the offense is even marginally better, it feels – you know, 500 is, is attainable. So mm-hmm. I'd say over as well
1: cool so our next team at five and a half wins is kansas kansas last year they started five and oh is that right or six and oh and then they had the five and oh then the long stretch of losing and then they found one late to get to, to bowl eligibility so six and seven three and six in conference um they're the number one team in the country in returning production number one in offensive number eight in defensive um you know, this team, You got Jalen Daniels coming back. You have a really soft out of conference. Missouri State, Illinois, maybe not a soft game. Um, and then at Nevada, but Illinois, I'm pretty sure is at home. Um, and that could be one of those games like, hey, we can beat another middle to lower part of the conference power five team. Really get the the thing jump started. Um, five and a half wins. Like once again, this is if you come out of conference three and oh, You need three more. They went three and six in conference last year. And Jalen Daniels was out a lot of it. Um, They're bringing everybody back. I think some of the portal moves and whatnot, like this team is getting better. And there is like a vision that has been sold on this team. And I'm hitting the over. And if you listen to the pod last year, I hammered the over on Kansas and I'm telling you to do it again. I, I really, really like the, the over Kansas five and a half
2: over, over two and a half last year was brave of you, by the way, I have to, and they, and they to hit it well. in week three, <laughs> they, they hit it immediately. Yeah, no, I mean, they're another one like Iowa state, even if you go two and one out of conference, uh, right there, you know, it feels like there there's probably four wins out there for them. Um, my only question mark is, you know, as good as Jalen Daniels and that offense was last year, like, did they, did they get found out a little bit? Um, you know down down the stretch obviously started uh what started 5 and 0 and finished 1 and 1 and 7 right so um you know i i kind of personally felt like if we had triple option tape if we weren't kind of the guinea pigs like there's no reason we shouldn't have beat them last year so i i, I don't know man it's I, you know i want to say i want to say over i think they can get to 500 um I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. I think I think I'll say over because I'm a I'm a Jalen uh, Daniels believer. <laughs> All right. So now West Virginia five and a half.
1: You might have heard of them. You might know a little bit about them. Five and seven last year. Three and six in conference. Guess what? The out of conference doesn't get any easier. You got to open at Happy Valley. Probably a top ten Penn State team. And if uh, if you're still on your feet after that, we got Pitt at home in Morgantown a couple weeks later. Um, West Virginia plays all four of the new teams in the conference. The only other team that does that is Oklahoma state. So we get all of the new guys. I think that's favorable. I think that's needed. Those are four teams that I think are coin flip or better odds to win. Like those are teams that you feel like, Hey, we can beat these guys. Um, so say you win, say you win three of the four of those. You're gonna beat um whoever the out of conference Duquesne. That's four wins already. Um, and then then you know, maybe Pitt that's five. Go beat one other team that has existed in the conference. Um five and a half. Hey, if you can't get five and a half wins, we're gonna be hiring a new coach. And I think it's fully warranted. And I think everybody understands the expectations this year. They have to be higher. Um would I put my own money on five and a half over? Potentially, I will probably make that call a little later in the summer. Um, but will I say over for the Mountaineers? Yeah, I will.
2: I will as well. I in, you know I looked at this. I think my numbers are from last week, but you're getting plus one forty two for over. So decent, decent, uh, decent little bump there um, for hitting the over. But yeah, no, I mean I think the, the, the you you laid out the the path to success right it's it's two and one out of conference you beat duquesne and pitt you beat all four of the new guys that's that's your six wins right there um and if you're doing that then there are um i mean every other game on the schedule is is winnable uh you know we 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 are missing texas right we're do we play kansas state i think we missed texas and kansas state yeah so you know miss kansas
1: um, but yeah also kansas state no texas so you know
2: you get oklahoma state in
1: there you get oklahoma baylor to end the year yeah tcu's in there texas tech so
2: yep yep and there's no reason we can't win one of those five so yeah no i i think over again you know i haven't put money on it yet i probably am going to at some point um but yeah i think over five and a half we can do that gotcha
1: all right last five and a half win total team is cincinnati Coming in nine and four last year, six and two in conference. They aren't returning anybody. One hundred and nineteenth in offense, one hundred and fifth in defense, and returning production. Out of conference, they got Eastern uh, EKU, they got Miami of Ohio, and then they have to go to Pittsburgh and play at Pitt. Um, five and a half is the number. Number, um, you know, they just lost their coach, um, so they're going to be in the first year with uh, Scott Satterfield. Um, who went through Appalachian State for a while, had some success. Now he's coming off some some pretty down years at Louisville. Um, you know, I think this is like the token, like stumbling, limping into the conference. Like, don't think Cincinnati's ready to compete this year. Um, and like I said, at Pitt, obviously we know not the easiest game in the world. And there's, you know, there's some like, um, some history there too. That game means a little bit of something for those teams. So, uh five and a half wins someone's got to lose these games in the conference i think a lot of them are going to be the new guys i'm gonna fade uh cincinnati on five and a half
2: yeah under i think only five returning starters um you know the the one i'd say feather feather in the cap is is emery jones the new quarterback skill set would on paper seem to be one that that satterfield can probably work with um but yeah, no. I mean, this isn't the team that went twelve and zero two years ago. This is a nine and four team that that is only returning five starters and is taking the jump to the power five level. Um, you know, the the travel. Obviously, you know we 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 know the impact of the travel. It's not quite as bad for them, but it's not a whole 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 lot better either. Um, and yeah, no, I I think they're one of the teams that might get beat up on a little bit this year, um, just as they're as they're kind of trying to find their their footing. Yep. All right, so that brings us to the two bottom teams. Four and a half wins for both
1: BYU and for Houston. BYU um, is a, was a non-conference team last year, an independent. Eight and five record. Um, they'll have a familiar face at quarterback, uh, Keaton Slovis, jumping all over the map. Um, we saw him at Pitt last year. Now he is at BYU. Um, last year, this defense was bad. They were 118th in defensive beta rank last year, um, out of conference, a little cushy, you get Sam Houston, Southern Utah. Um, and then you got to go play at Arkansas. So you think you get two free wins there. Um, the number is four and a half. And, and once again, maybe BYU travel a little bit, not to the same extent as the East coast teams, but, um, that trip out to UCF to Cincinnati to WVU, um, those would be some trips. So I'm going to go down on BYU. Uh, they were plus 10,000 to win the conference. And, and I'm going to say under four and a half wins.
2: Yeah, I, you, you know, I, I said under as well. Um, Keaton, Keaton's love, is another guy who doesn't really do anything for me. Um, you know, actually, I think I might, I might, I might flip my last two. I might go BYU over and say BYU gets the five wins Um and then for Houston, who's the, the last team, I think they might go under. But um Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know a whole lot about them other than what I've you know researched over the past couple weeks. Out of conference isn't too too bad. Um, quarterback is you know, he's gonna be a bottom half quarterback in the conference, I think. So I don't know. I don't see them I don't see them like knocking anybody off winning any games they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the final team,
1: Houston. Last year, eight and five, five and three in the American. Um, Houston is an interesting one for me because I'm surprised that they are the longest odds to win the conference and the four and a half win total uh, out of conference. UTSA at Rice and then Sam Houston. I think those are three. I mean, UTSA has has kind of shown something in the last few years, but very easily could be three and zero. Oh two and one at worst coming out of that last year, a pretty solid offense. I kind of like Donovan Smith at quarterback. He was at Texas tech for a little bit. You might remember. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. And I mean, we know what a Dana Holgerson team is going to look like last year. They were pretty bad in defense and they're turning over, uh, one of the, one of the biggest turnovers on defense in the country. They actually do have the biggest turnover on defense in the conference. Um, four and a half wins you know a lot of these especially with the newcomers it's like what's the fit what's the um, how they're gonna adapt in the new conference um but I'm gonna go up on Houston I'm gonna go over four and a half wins
2: yeah I'm gonna go I'm going under um you know I just like I like the Donovan uh, Smith fit um you know like you mentioned I think we, we've seen Dana Holgerson make things work with that kind of a quarterback but um, you just look at the rest of the roster and it's, it's just all, it's all transfers. You know, they, they lost so much. When I was looking at their depth chart earlier, uh, earlier in the year when we were kind of doing our spring ball, like they didn't even have a two deep filled out. So, you know, I just, it's, it's not an ideal scenario to be replacing your whole team. Um, in the first year that you make the jump to the power five level, um, couple of former Mountaineers on there. Michael Laughlin is, is down at Houston, Sam Brown. Um, and then Tony Mathis, right. Mathis transferred because, if he got carries this year, we were going to be pissed off about it. Um, and and he's right now listed as their starter. So I, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I I think this is this in Cincinnati, in my opinion, are probably the two worst rosters in the league. Um, and if they win more than four and a half games, I think it will be you know just Dana Holgerson like offensive uh, masterclass. So you know, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm going to say under. I flipped to to under. No, yeah, I think that's totally valid.
1: No, I, I think obviously somebody's got to lose the games in these conferences. Like everybody can't go over. That's just how the math works. Um, if you had to pick one, I got, I got two questions for you. First one is if you had to pick one over or under to, to triple hammer, which one are you picking?
2: Uh, Kansas State.
1: Kansas State, I think would be would be a hammer for me if I had to give you a different one. I would go under UCF. I I don't see it. Um, really? I don't,
2: under six and a half? Okay.
1: Under six and a half. I mean, I get that the out of conference is easy. Um, the Boise State game might be a trip up there, but I just don't know how many other teams in conference they're going to be able to beat. Um, you know, other than maybe some of the other new guys, maybe they, they can beat up on some of them. But um, no, I, I think if I, if my favorite one though is the K-State over. I think that is, uh, that's free money right there. I like under both of the Oklahoma schools. Okay, okay, yeah, I I think that's that's totally valid. I actually I do like the under eight and a half Oklahoma. I would put that as like I would bet real money on that one as well.
2: Um, Under under eight and a half, when I looked last week, was plus one eighty four for Oklahoma. Yeah, I might have to invest. Yeah, yeah. They they you know they always.
1: I don't see I don't see them being that much better. You know, when you're, when you're betting on a, like a high number or a very low number, you know, there's always so many ways. It only can go right to get over eight and a half. That's a nine win, 10 win, 11 win, whatever season. There's so many ways to be under. There's only a couple ways to oh, be over for sure. For sure. in a long yeah. season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do like the under Oklahoma. I like the, the up on K-State. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. My, my second question for you, actually if you had to put money on of the newcomers of what you know about them, and I, I will admit also, I'm still you know catching up on rosters and, and, and the go abouts. if you had to put money on the highest win total of the four new guys, who are you putting it on? Uh,
2: I think UCF. Um, but I, you know, I still think under, um, I just, I, I think that, you know, BYU and Houston and Cincinnati, I think are probably going to be the three worst in the conference. And then, so you know, I think UCF will be better than that, but I don't think that you know significantly so. Yeah, I think UCF by default. Would do you think
1: any newcomer will be over five hundred? Because I guess by our bets we said no. No. Yeah, I agree. I don't think any of them will have a winning record in conference or winning <laughs> record in general. We got the unders on the six and a half.
2: Yeah, no, it's like it's like you said. You know, I mean, they've all they've all earned. Uh, earned the invitation to the conference, I would say um, over the last handful of years, um, but they are not in the situation, you know, they, they're not, they're not cresting right now, right? They're, yeah. they're kind of, you know, for most of them, it would be year one or year two of a, uh, of a rebuild. And they're probably, most of them are, are on the same, you know, four to five year cycle that we would like to think that we're on. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll be fine. Just uh, this year might be, might be tough. Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. So kind of the last segment here, we're just going to sort of lay out our tiers and we did this separately, um, but we've kind of walked through the the tiers in different ways. How I would tier the teams. I have four tiers. I have the legit favorite and that's Texas. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that they're going to be the most talented uh, like skill wise. And, and just, you know, when we talk preseason teams like Texas and Oklahoma always get elevated, but I think, I think it's very fair to say Texas is the number one favorite. My second tier is the battle for Arlington. So this is who's gonna who's gonna meet Texas in that championship game, and I have K State, uh, Texas Tech, and I have OU in here, but it it is kind of just a like maybe in between. Um, I think K State and Texas Tech, I feel good about being in that in that right ra- uh, in that range. My third tier is upsideable. Um, And a lot of that's kind of just like coaching based of like, hey, these guys have done it before. They've shown something. Um, And like if they if they pulled off two or three wins more than they were expected, like, you know, I I could see it. And that's kind of a wide range. I have Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. And I threw Kansas in there as well. Um, You know, they snuck up to eight wins. I could see some upside. And then my last tier is just called show me something and it's the four new guys in West Virginia. And it's, it's, Hey, what do you got? Can you get over 500? Can you, can you be relevant in this conference? And I think, and you know, unfortunately I think it's fair to just say West Virginia is in that tier with them of like, Hey, like get up off the mat and show us, show us what you're made of. Cause um, I think these five teams are all, you know, going to be
2: on the low end of expectation. So. That's how I uh, grouped the teams up. Very, very, very fair. I mean, you, you look at all these preseason publications. Um, you know, the last handful that I've seen have us finishing last, you know, winning like three games. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that sentiment's definitely out there where people are people have lost all faith. There, there's not a whole lot of people trusting the climb outside of Morgantown, um, and there's not even a whole lot of people trusting the climb inside of Morgantown. So, um, yeah, so mine, I think I'm, I'm with you. Texas is the clear favorite. Um, I think I had... Uh, the same, uh, the same three, you know, contenders who 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 I think could maybe make a run at the conference championship game: Oklahoma Tech and uh, Kansas State. Um, then I have kind of like the mid table slog, and and really I think that you know these are um, it's going to be let's see, one, two, three, all these teams. It, it coin flip week to week, right? And so I think I have um, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas, West Virginia, Iowa State. And then I have the newcomers in just their own tier at the bottom because I think those are the, kind of the four most questionable teams. So, yep. um, yeah, that's I. I kind of see it four tiers as well. Um, I don't know. I would be yeah kind of surprised if any of the any of the group the slog group make the run and uh, get to uh, get to the conference championship. Um, I'd also be surprised if any of us, you know, fall down and and get into that group at the bottom of the table. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. A lot of coin flip games out there this year, I think, for everybody but Texas.
1: Yeah, I think there's a strong middle class, and I think there's a strong lower class of, like, who's going to kind of rise out of it. Um, Yeah,
2: because you're right. I mean, they're not bad teams like Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, uh, UCF. Good programs, just, you know, maybe not not so much this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And of course, all these like teams, fan bases, programs all want to step into the new conference on the right foot. Um, but I think expectations of growing pains is probably the the right prescription there just for, for all those guys, because, you know, someone's going to want to it's going to be obvious. Somebody's going to want to come in and be like, hey, we're the big dog of the new group or whatever. Um, yeah. But there's no clear, clear team that's really fitting that mold to me. Um, but excited to do our deep dives over the summer, especially for these new teams. Excited to learn more about them. Excited to learn more about Penn State and Pitt once again. Mm. Um, and yeah, just get ready. I mean, we're we're in the countdown now towards fall. So um, exciting stuff. So yeah, man. this is great. Yeah, yeah, good to get back into it. So um, you guys can find us on Twitter at West by Pod with underscores in between um we'll tweet out the the links to the episodes each week and sometimes like some polls questions things like that you can also get at us on smokingmusket.com um or we'll have an article up with the with the pod um and you can find us on twitter individually i'm at wv stats and he is at game day shorts um and thank you as always for listening we'll catch you on the next one yep. talk soon guys one, two-